Listener Production. Brooke Boney and Linda Mariano's Dream Club. Hello, it's Brooke and Linda and welcome to another episode of Brooke and Linda's Dream Club where each week we scroll through the camera roll of culture (laughs) and we favourite the most important moments to upload in this podcast for you. And this week we're chatting about the opening night movie of the Sydney Film Festival here out west. We're going to talk about the horrifying Astro World event as well and why Celeste Barber is being absolutely slammed online. She's being cancelled, Lindy. Oh, no! Hey, um, you know we can always be hanging out online in that virtual world. The Dream Club podcast on Instagram is where you got to go. <laughs> The Fediverse. <laughs> hey, uh, Lauren Lee, you hit us up on our Instagram. You sent us a really cute pic of your little baby, which, because we were talking last week about soft launching and how you mm-hmm. can soft launch your new partners, you can soft launch whatever you want, and how you might just put a little like elbow of the person that you're dating and it's like, oh my God, Brooke is not single anymore or something like that. So it's not just relationships. Lauren says, hey, I soft launched my baby. Oh, that is so cute. She first posted it into stories just to get a response, to gauge, you know, where people were at with it. There was a lot, no surprise, new human life. Um, and then she says, I gave it three weeks when I had the feeling that this baby is official. I took the plunge <laughs> and announced it on the grid. I mean, the good thing is about babies is that if you don't like them, you can always take them back. That right? is amazing. Like I love it. It's probably a good thing that you liked the baby, Lauren. I love that you're taking this in such a casual and lighthearted way. I love that and it we took three you weeks for her to, you know, decide that the baby was official <laughs> and announce it on the grid. <laughs> like you didn't have nine months leading up to that to think about it. Maybe she just couldn't get the right photo. Yeah, that's like, true. Like just couldn't that's Get the best photo of the bebe. Chuck it on portrait mode. That's my secret. Oh, man. Hey, in other exciting news, we are also nominated at the Australian Podcast Awards. We mentioned it last week. And yes, there is a Listener's Choice Award. That's you. You can choose, Wolfies. Yes, you can vote for us. Uh, We're going to pop a link in the show notes. You can find it all across our socials, etc., etc. Hey, let's get into it, Lindy. Dream Club. So, being as cultured and cool as we are, Lindy and I went along to the opening night of the Sydney Film Festival. I have to say, they chose the most appropriate and incredible movie that we have seen in a very, very long time. The movie was called Here Out West. It was based on some stories out in Western Sydney, pulled together by eight incredible up-and-coming filmmakers and five incredible directors, including the one and only Leah Purcell. Now, the thing that makes this one different from any other movie that you've seen um, probably ever is that it tells the stories of eight different people's experience of living out in Western Sydney. And I say that because we're used to seeing stories of people or Australian people like um, Offspring or like Secret Life of Us, which are these very white, um, very um, 
upper middle class experiences of mm. being Australian. And so I have to say, like, I was completely blown away and I felt completely understood. I'm not from a migrant family. I'm from an Aboriginal family. But still seeing those experiences played out and those stories being told in a way that wasn't othering or um, didn't make you feel like the people who were writing it didn't fully get what it was to be a part of those families was truly wonderful. It was magical. We, we were, were beaming. Giddy. We were so beaming. Brooke and I had our masks on in the theatre, which was so beautiful, and we were laughing so hard within that. There were moments that I, within the first 15 minutes, I was crying because, you know, both of my parents are immigrants, and it was just such, it was compelling, it was surprising, it was so funny, and the range of scripting and actors that were in there and the languages. This was a film that had scenes that were in Arabic, Bengali, Cantonese, Turkish, Spanish, Kurdish, Vietnamese. The list goes on. It was such a beautiful representation of Australia. One of my favourite parts of the night was before they screened the film, a bunch of people got up to say speeches and a lot of them were boring, but there was one from <laughs> one, of the, one, of the, one of the girls who was <laughs> one yeah, of the writers yeah. and she was like, look, there's a lot of this, um, uh, a lot of this will be shown to you in subtitles, but we know you can read them because you've all just watched Squid Game. It was <laughs> so, so, so funny and charming. It was, it actually indicated exactly what was to come in the film in that throughout the whole thing, there was this kind of biting humour. It was so zeitgeist. You know, it was so of the time. It was so relevant. And it was one of those things that was incredibly self-aware, really poignant and poetic at times, but also with that sense of comedy and lightheartedness. Just sass. Just sass. sass. Full sass. Sass Here out west. Get that sass on. Now, Wolfie, you might have seen over the last few days a lot of news coming out in your major news feeds all across social media as well about a tragedy, a really devastating turn of events that happened over the weekend at Travis Scott's Astro World Festival. On Friday night, the rapper performed at the festival that he started in his hometown that he champions and really fights to bring together the, the community of in Houston, in Texas. Now, what happened at that concert where around 50,000 people attended was that there was a massive crowd surge and rush towards the front of the stage as the doors opened. And what has resulted is eight people between the ages of 14 to 27 died in that crowd crush and around 300 people have been hospitalised. This is something that obviously has really shocked and devastated Travis Scott, all of the kids that were there, the music community as a whole, and it has sparked so many conversations, questions, and now investigations into what could have been done and exactly what happened. So there's a lot that's gone into this. Well, this is the beginning of what will be a huge investigation, one would imagine. Um, you know, there's all of these different aspects of planning that go into mm-hmm. a huge event like this. I was reading something this morning um, about a statement from a security guard, someone who's there to protect these young people from danger, being spiked in the neck with something. So some sort of mystery syringe and being unconscious. And then the only thing that was able to bring him back to consciousness was 
an injection of um, some sort of antidote, like this thing called Narcan, I think, which is like an opioid antidote. Um, and so really, really terrifying stuff about people who were there to protect others being sort of targeted in all of this. But Linda, there would be so many aspects to this the, where the investigation has only just started. Like exactly. where do they even begin? This is like the that this concert and what happened over the weekend is like this terrifying sum of its chaotic parts in that there were so many people in this venue. They're looking into what happened in terms of the crowd numbers that were in that venue, whether that was past capacity or within the capacity. They're looking at how many kids might have snuck in through alleged barriers that had, you know, been trampled down, what the security companies were like. There's all of these horrifying videos that are coming out and eyewitness accounts of kids that were there, that were backstage, that were trying to help the hospital staff that were on board there. It's a real cluster effort. There's so many people that are involved in terms of venue promoters, the festival organisers, the managers, the tour managers, the like, the security companies. And then you look at Travis Scott and his entire team. There's just so many tiers of organisation that goes into that. And people are saying, how could this have been avoided? Where did the holes come from? And what can be done better? Because this is a tragic price to pay. It's so sad, Brooke. And Linda, this isn't the first time that we've seen something like this happen. And you've actually been in a, a, a situation like this. Yeah. Like when I saw this news come out on the weekend, immediately I'm thinking of like the big day out, the Limp Biscuit tragedy. It's not uncommon for these huge crowds to come out, for people to pass out, to be taken away on stretches. I remember when I was 17 and went to the big day out concert and the same thing happened. It was before the Limp Biscuit incident, which I think happened the year after I was there. But when I was 17, I was in a crowd crush and I was pinned up against a barricade with two of my friends either side. And the people either side of me were screaming to be pulled out. And we all had to get lifted out. And I remember, and reading the, the eyewitness accounts all through this morning and yesterday as well, like I remember thinking if I don't get out of this in the next minute, I'm going to die. Mm. The pain was so extreme and there is nowhere to go. The waves are so intense. And if you were and I was, because I had run, I was a fan. I like ran right up to those barricades. You are pushed up against that metal. You are pushed right there. And if the security guards aren't looking out for you and wrangling you out where you are stuck so tightly where you can't move, mm. there's nowhere to go and your bodies can't withstand it and that's what's happened to these kids. You just think of like a little 14-year-old body. I remember going to Big Day Out and System of a Down were playing. Yeah. Maybe it was the same year that you were there. Yeah. Imagine us two little wolfies <laughs> at the same Big Day Out. I know. Of course we would have With been With my there. chain wallet. Yeah, I would have probably been wearing some baggy pants, yeah. some sort of billabong singlet. Yeah, chain wallet. Something like that. Um, but you see these like circle, um, these yeah. like circle things that they do and just being like absolutely terrified and thinking like, I can't get anywhere near that because I will get really You'll get annihilated, yeah. And I remember um, a few years later, like probably 10 years later actually, watching... Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, what must have been one of the last big day outs mm, mm. and seeing a guy get pulled out uh, with a broken leg. 
Oh, like just horrific. And Travis Scott actually came out on Instagram and said how devastated he was, of course, about what's happened. I just want to send out prayers to the to the ones that was lost last night. We're actually working right now to identify the families so we can help assist them through this tough time. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly just devastated and I could never imagine anything like this just happening. I love you all. Well, yeah, it must have been awful for him, you know, for for him to be performing and not knowing that this was mm. going on and having his music play while these terrible circumstances were unfolding. That would be a, a horrible feeling for an artist. It's It's heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking and... You know, you just hope that they get to the bottom of this and that there are proper regulations put in place so that it doesn't happen again. Brooke Boney and Linda Mariano's Dream Club. Oh, Lindy, Mm -hmm. I feel like not a week goes by that a huge celebrity doesn't get cancelled for some (laughs) reason or another. What What have I done? (laughs) This week, it's your turn. Surprise, I'm going to read out a list of things in ways you've wronged me. And society, (laughs) frankly. Um, No, this week it is Celeste Barber who's been slammed um, for a parody video that she posted of Emily Ratajkowski. Um, So Celeste Barber, a 39-year-old Australian woman. She's a comedian. She's famous for mocking, mimicking um, really beautiful people, celebrities, (laughs) influencers, models, actresses, whatever, on Instagram. Um, She's just like, you know, an average knockabout Australian lady. And so that's part of the the comedy of it. Well, the the internet will have none of that this week because she mocked Emily um, Ratajkowski, who you might remember from the Blurred Lines video clip, the Robin Thicke song. Yeah, that's right. She's incredibly beautiful, has probably one of the best bodies anywhere on the planet. In the video that Emily posted, um, she's sort of standing underneath what looks like maybe a shower up against some sort of tiled wall, wearing a bikini, their incredible body, sort of like turning, twisting a little bit and then poking a butt towards the camera. Pretty standard influencer sexy person pose. Um, Celeste did the same thing but sort of made like a funny face and like, you know, squeezed her bum together too tight. You know, it was just like made it a bit of a lull. But she posted it with a caption that read, we are sick of you objectifying our bodies Also, here's my ass. Now, this, I think, is where she's run into trouble because in the last couple of months, Emily has come out to say that she was actually, um, she alleges that she was assaulted on that Blurred Lines video clip. She's been talking a lot about how her body has been objectified and, you know, taken advantage of and that she's not happy with the way that some people talk about her body. So... Mm. For Celeste to come out and say it at this particular point in time, right ahead of her book launch. Right ahead of Emily's book launch. Emily's book launch, uh, which is about how her body has been objectified and and used in ways that she doesn't 
wanted to be mm-hmm, used, mm-hmm. I think is a little bit spicy. Oh, it's very spicy. There are a lot of people that were ready to comment and absolutely take down Celeste Barber for putting up this thing. They really took it to the extreme. They said, you know, this reeks of internalised misogyny, check your misogyny, this aligns with rape culture, with the, you know, how dare you flaunt your body and, you know, what you get is what you deserve, you know, all that sort of of real heated rhetoric and the people that came out against Celeste Barber are very aware and maybe Celeste Barber wasn't so aware of Emily Ratajkowski's, you know, recent outgoing comments about feminism and about reclaiming her body and about reclaiming her sexuality and the way that she is okay with capitalising off it and, you know, buying into the culture of how her body is beautiful and is of the 0.1% of women that looks like that and being able to make money off it. So... Emily put out this essay that came out on The Cut, which is part of the New York magazine, around a year ago, um, and it was called uh, Buying Myself Back, When Does a Model Own Her Own Image? And that was where she called out photographers and other people that had you know, abused her through her modelling career. She's now got this book called My Body that has just come out this week that, as you said, has all these essays about it. And so, ah, it's really tricky territory because, you know, how, like when I saw that post that Celeste Barber did, you know, I kind of laughed because you're like Celeste Barber's face, like she pulls this really funny face. Like you said, she squeezes her bum together in a funny way and she's kind of accounting for the 99.9% of women that don't look like Emrata. But she was just so taken down by it. I don't know. I feel, I feel pretty torn, like, Emrata is allowed to be a feminist even though she has this perfect body. I think it's just like a battle of the different waves of feminism, isn't it? Yeah. Like the Celeste Barber comment sort of feels like it's like that first wave where it's like, I will stick up for the women who look like and sound like me and who have the similar values. And then Emrata's yeah. is sort of like the one that's ones that it come after where it's like, no, I have agency over my body. I can choose to use it in whichever way that I want and that to me is empowering. Yeah. So I sort of like feel, I, I don't know, like I feel a bit bad for Celeste because I'm like, oh, hun, do don't don't say that. Don't, don't. They're going to cancel you. I don't. Know. Just change the caption Just or like something. It. Oh. It's still kind of a like, funny video. Maybe she didn't know. I don't know. But then like... Don't double down, I guess, maybe just like take the video down or something. I don't know. It's it's yeah. such tricky territory. But I guess if, I know for some people they would look at the M. Rider one and maybe this is what the, you know, this is part of the comedy of Celeste that, you know, looking at that makes you feel, you know, like you're not up to standards. So that's why you're allowed to make fun of it. It's the punching up thing. Like that might be the justification of it, but... Yeah, but then, like, this is the problem, right, though, because, like, forever women have been objectified, so then isn't it punching so you're down? Just, I know, you're is still it punching are, down? You're, like, just punching you're around. Just you're, just, around. you're doing the Simpsons thing where, yeah, she, where they're, like, like, either side of the... closer. Yeah, 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 and we're just if doing the... you're in the, the way of it. And then you're just going to get... You're just going to get punched. It just kind of doesn't matter. It's a whirlwind. Yeah. I don't know. I think we should just... So everyone stop punching. Yeah, just stop <laughs> just punching. Keep your hands to yourself. Yeah, you're allowed to be beautiful and be a feminist. You're allowed to scrunch your bum up in funny ways and be a feminist You're allowed too. to have abs that are so flat that they look like a back. Yeah, they've got that line. Dream Club. Be mindful of the people who do your manicures and pedicures. If you go out to get them and don't pay very much for them, maybe they're not earning a living wage. Oh, get a pedicure. Try to look maybe up.
So it is that time of the week again, dreamers, where we come together and have our little <laughs> dream club update, our little DNM. We look forward to it so much. And Linda, this one is a special one uh, because over the weekend I got to see my family again, uh, first time in six months. It was um, it was terrible. It makes me realise no. why I don't like my family. No, that's so wrong. <laughs> come on. No, it was so. So wonderful. I can't even, I don't even have the words to express how complete I felt being home for the weekend. And I think it's because, you know, when you're around people who have known you since you were born or before and there's no sort of expectations, there's no, um, there's no nothing. And so you can just really, truly be 100% yourself and feel safe and secure and I, I mean, I, that sort of makes it sound like that I walk around with a facade up, but it's not that. It's just that there's something about being around people who love you unconditionally mm. to make you feel like complete and whole and home. And you take it for granted, I think, when you can see them all the time. But being around them again after having, like, it's been a big six months. I've had two surgeries because I did the egg freezing stuff twice. I went through a breakup. I, um, you know, have been working my ass off. We've been through a mm. pandemic and, and you sort of get a hug from your mum and everything feels like it's sort of okay again. Yeah, that's so true, that kind of authenticity in seeing family or seeing people that you are so authentic with. There's no notion of performance. You don't have to show up. You don't have to do anything. You're not responsible for anything. You're just there to give and receive love at whatever capacity like that you feel like. If you feel like the love that day is flopping on the couch, if it's walking with your gorgeous little nieces and nephews, it's like whatever it needs to be. And mm. sometimes it's just the hug from your mum. I love what you said then. I feel like it is. It's surrendering responsibility for yourself. Yeah. Like you just hand it over to your mum. You're like, okay, well, you've got the reins from here. I don't have to look after myself you're just, anymore. You're just you. You, do, you regress when yeah. you go home. I'm like a teenager. Oh, I'm such a teenager. And like, you know, sometimes that means that, uh, you know, you're helping. Sometimes it means that you could be a little bratty. Sometimes it means a nap on the couch after a big meal. Oh, there were naps. Were there naps? Of course, yeah. I find it so hard to nap. I can't get enough of napping. But I, I have the early start, so it's different. I think mm, maybe that'll be my dream club update next week. Watch this space. Have I learned how to nap? Who knows? Um, my dream club update this week actually ties in with something we were talking about earlier in this episode and with you, Woofie, and that was just how glorious it was to get my butt out of the house on a weeknight and go to watch a film at the film festival. And like whatever that thing is for you where you feel like it'd be so easy to continue to be your cute lockdown self and stay in the couch. And, you know, you called me that day and you were like, Linda, I think this is the thing, you know, we want to bring more joy. We want to bring more excitement. These are the things that we care about. We care about the culture, you know. We do it for the culture. We do it for the culture. Wax some eyeliner on, chuck on a cute skirt, maybe even some heels. We both some wore heels. heels. We, we both wore, wore heels. heels. And we went out and we were in the culture society. And I, it was just 
so nice. And I really have to thank you for that because I was so ready to be like, oh, you know what? I think I'm just going to stay in and just cook a stir fry for dinner again. That's me. I'm going to stay home. That's what Linda sounds like to me. So it was just really nice to like get up. Linda Mariana, I'm going to eat a stir fry at home by myself. Oh, it's classic (laughs) Linda behaviour. And, you know, it's, it's cool to do that six nights out of the seven, but I was just so thankful to... Get back out there. Get back on that social horse, baby. Oh, Lindy, love you. Oh, love you. Well, that brings us to the end of Dream Club for this week, but we will be back next Wednesday. But until then, join our Dream Club and follow us at the Dream Club podcast on Instagram. Hit that subscribe button. Follow us so you never miss an episode. Leave us a sweet review too. A cute but creepy review. Yeah. Yeah, not too sugary sweet. Definitely a bit of creepy. A little, not too creepy though. No, no, no. Sweet. The middle. Sassy. The middle. <laughs> Take Sassy. Take a pick as well. Show us where you're listening from and go and tell your friends or go and tell your baby that you've just soft launched. Yeah, soft launch everything. And don't forget to vote for us in the Australian Podcast Awards in the listener choice category. And also just don't forget to vote generally. It's good. You should be a part of good this. Practice. It's it's good democracy. practice. Good practice. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Hello, sweet cheeks. Hello, feet cheeks. <laughs> Boy. Dun, dun, dun. Here we go. <sighs> Who shall begins? Um, I'll oh. do it if you want. Sure. A listener production.